listening to the Christchurch Mequon Podcast, where every day we're lifting lives and elevating Christ, a church for those not here yet. For more information and resources, visit our website, ChristchurchMequon.org. Now, we hope you enjoy this relevant message from Pastor Andrew Sir. Hi there, it's Pastor Andrew, and I have the privilege and honor of sitting today and having a conversation with a friend, a mentor, and an expert in his field. I have the privilege of spending time with Dr. Lee Hildebrand, who is someone who is renowned in his skill sets, in his ability to connect and uh, work with people, uh, to really bring about Christ's healing in people's lives, particularly in the area of mental health and well-being. So excited that Christ Church is doing this series. I think it's crucial. And uh, I've been privileged to be in uh, mental health for many decades. And my encouragement to them today would be this. Self-care is not selfishness. Pastor Andrew, self-care is stewardship. You know, I think about that in terms of what Jesus said in Mark 3. One of the Pharisees was trying to trip him up and said, Hey, teacher, what are the two greatest commandments? And Christ astutely, the first one, of course, is to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then his second part of that, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Pastor Andrew, I believe that we sometimes make the mistake of assuming that we have to do everything to serve and sacrifice and not pay any attention to ourselves or the grace that God has for us. I am thoroughly intrigued by this idea of stewardship. It broadens our understanding of what stewardship means. Can you just speak more on stewardship holistically? Absolutely, and I love your word holistically, Pastor Andrew, because when God indicates that our body is his temple, he talks about our hearts in his word, he talks about our minds, but how do we steward our time How do we steward our bodies? When we're equipping or allowing God to equip us in terms of those life disciplines, spiritually, emotionally, physically, then we're going to be more effective when God has had us in the gap as we're serving others. Like this morning, I spent time in the Word, time in prayer. Yeah. Went to the gym, got after it. And so as we proceed through our day, that helps me, those disciplines help me in terms of stewardship and being equipped to pour out, allowing the Spirit of God to pour out in terms of anything that we're doing in a given day. I I so love and appreciate the way in which you readily acknowledge the interplay between, you know, our mental emotional health, our physical health, and our spiritual health. In addition to God's Word, which we can refer to and we have, there's lots of research that talks a lot about in the spirit-mind-body connection. There's such an intricate interplay. Our stewardship process as Christians is to continue to find ways that we can experience the multitude of God's love in experiencing His Holy Spirit in real, tangible, emotional, spiritual, physical ways. So for somebody that's struggling with mental health issues, the number one thing that I would want them to really hear is that you are not alone. And per this sense of the comparisons that we can often do with other people, uh, people can feel like they're the only one. Whether it be uh, depression, anxiety, addictions, uh, sexual sins, uh, all kinds of challenges, they can make the assumption that they're the only one. 
and it's just simply not true. So I think it's important that they do not compare their most vulnerable self to, uh, you know, what they see as the strengths of others on the out outside. And so if I could encourage anything, it would be for people to not be afraid to reach out to you, to reach out to uh, Christian psychologists, to reach out to others that can help them when they encounter these challenges so they can build a team around them. In other words, trust God. Be present in your life. Don't let the worries of tomorrow steal the today. Be present in your life. Be present in your body. Be present as you commune with the Spirit of God. And take those action steps that God has for you today. All right, good morning. Welcome to Christ Church. So glad to have you here this morning. Christ Church is a church of uplifting lives, elevating Christ to church for those who aren't here yet. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm glad you're all here now, joining us here in East. Thanks for being here and braving the cold this morning. Good morning, of course, to all of you who are worshiping in West. Thanks for being here and being part of our community. And of course, good morning to all of you who are tuning in online. A special warm welcome and good morning to all you snowbirds out there. Hashtag life goals. Um, <laughs> Uh, this morning, we are continuing in a sermon series. Uh, a series is where we talk about a particular topic or an idea for a single, uh, a number of, of, of Sundays in a row. And, and we've undertaken as a church body to take upon ourselves a more serious and a more um, significant series that takes a special measure of sensitivity. And uh, if you missed last week, uh, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you to go back and listen to it. Uh, it was the first week, and it really sets the trajectory. This is the type of series where over the Sundays we build. And so if you missed last week, it is okay. This week will still make sense to you. Um, but there were some important things from last week that I'll make reference to and really established uh, some grounding for us, particularly and uniquely related to this particular topic. What's the topic? Well, we're talking about uh, mental health as a church body. We're talking about the intersection and the interplay between our faith as Christian people and the importance of, of understanding rightly and in a healthy, constructive way mental health. We're seeking to create a theology of mental health. And that's really what we talked about last week was a theology. A theology means the study of God. And for those of us particularly who ascribe to the Christian tradition, uh, we are seeking to understand and apply our Christian tradition faith perspective and our lens to right and healthy concepts related to mental health. How can we understand our mental health in light of God, and also how can we come alongside those around us who also uh, have mental health? Now, as we've been navigating this conversation, I've uh, been open with you about my own place in the conversation and that I myself am someone who stewards well, strives to stewards well, my mental health. I'll be, be transparent with that all series long. Um, but there's an importance to simply acknowledging and relating to this series within culture at large. Culture is, is there seems to be a growing awareness as culture shifts to bring to the forefront the importance of mental health and taking our mental health uh, seriously. And so it's incumbent upon us, not only because of culture, but simply because of us as Christian people, that, that our mental health uh, does matter, in fact, 
to God, and it should matter as it relates to the church, which is part of the reason why we are also endeavoring to have this conversation. So last week, we peeled back a lot of bad theology, bad phrases, bad ideas that people have related to mental health, and hopefully undid some of the hurt, or at least began a healing process related to some of the phrases or unhelpful things that people have received or perceived as it relates to mental health, and specifically, if you are a Christian, right, both how we can treat others as well as how we can treat ourselves. So we had to peel back a lot of stuff. Now we begin the process this week and over the next three weeks, this week and two more weeks, uh, where we begin to place healthy and constructive theology. How should we think about mental health from a Christian perspective? We know how not to, (laughs) but how should we? And so that's what we're doing from this Sunday forward. To begin uh, fostering this conversation, it's really shifting from a, a focus on a theology of mental health to really understanding and seeking to understand what health is and what health means. Now, when you and I in our vernacular talk about having health and healthiness, we actually use this all the time, and we use it related to a whole variety of things, uh, uh, people, or situations, right? The word health, I Google it, just means the state or condition of something. But there's something implied as it relates to using the word health, and that is to say that you can either have like good, profitable, uh, strong, positive health, or you can have more negative health. You can have less health. You can be less healthy. You can have bad health. And this is true really related to whatever it is that you're seeking to better understand, right? Let's take, for example, your finances. What is the health of your finances? Well, you can have uh, uh, better finances or you can have worse finances, right? Your finances can be more well or more unwell. Uh, This could be true of relationships, Right? Maybe another thing you could place in there in terms of understanding the health of your relationships. You can have more healthy relationships that are better and good, or you can have relationships that struggle and that we would just simply in our nomenclature say they are bad relationships. Right? So health has an implied spectrum. That's what I'm trying to show you. Health has an implied spectrum. And when we think about ourselves, we actually can place ourselves and our health on this spectrum. You can place you on this spectrum because health is something that relates to you and more specifically your mental health. All of us are somewhere on this health spectrum because mental health applies to to everyone. This is something that we often look past as culture and society at large. Usually when we refer to mental health, we refer to those with less or more poor mental health. The, the, the fact that like mental health even comes up in the, in the conversation would almost imply that, oh, they have mental health. We frame that and we attach a shame or a stigma to that when we refer to it like that because it almost exempts us. It's implied that there has poor mental health. But that's not actually the case. All of us, everybody, has health related to your mind and your emotions. Everybody has a mind, and so everybody's mind and emotions lands on the spectrum of health. Now, where you land on that spectrum is going to be unique to you. 
Some of you might have really good, positive, because of a variety of different reasons, uh, really good mental health. Others of us have less quality mental health, right? But regardless, all of us are on the spectrum, and we are unique in terms of where we land on that spectrum. It becomes dangerous when we presuppose or project onto others that they are where we are. Okay, let me say that again. It becomes dangerous, and this is important, particularly if you're a Christian, how you relate to people, to project your assumption related to mental health and your mental health onto others. And that's true wherever you land on that spectrum. If you have good mental health, Don't make the assumption that everybody has the same good mental health that you have. If you have poor mental health, don't make the assumption that everybody is operating in that same locale related to their mental and emotional health, okay? This is actually something that you already know and understand. You simply apply it in other areas of your life and health. Take, for example, your body. If I tell you, does health relate to your body, you would say... Yeah, like, duh. Your body is something that you take care of. Maybe you go to the gym, maybe you take certain medications, you do certain things to take care of your body and to move it towards being healthy because we strive to have healthy bodies, right? And there are other things that we can do that, that, that are less healthy. And this goes a little bit back to last week where there are things that we can do to ourselves through our decisions. There are things that can be done unto us. And there are simple realities that, uh, that are part of this broken world that, that we are sometimes even born into that, that will infringe upon our healthy bodies and will move us further towards being less healthy rather than more healthy in our bodies. We all understand that. It's no different with our minds. Our minds can move towards healthiness depending on our actions, the actions of others, and some of the simple realities of being born into this broken and messy world. By the way, this also applies to your spirit. See, this is fascinating. Some of you might not realize this, but um, the Bible says in the very beginning, let me, let me frame it like this. The Bible says in the very beginning that when God created, created uh, the creation as a whole, but specifically humanity, he created humanity, created you in God's image. Now, God himself is, is complex and beautiful and, and interdependent and related. Uh, we describe God as having three persons, each distinct and yet each God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, who became incarnate in flesh, and God the Spirit. You actually bear the image of God in the way in which you have a body, a mind, and a spirit. And your body, your mind, and your spirit, each independently as well as corporately, will influence how you understand your health. Unsurprisingly, your body, your spirit, impact and relate to your mind. We could could have a, a robust conversation about how we take care of our bodies Do you ever notice that when you eat junk food, don't go to the gym, and and you don't take care of your bodies, how that impacts your brain? You guys know that, right? Like, it makes a difference. Uh, How about this one? Your spirit. 
when you don't go to church for a while, shameless plug, it will in fact, going to church and having a healthy spiritual life will help improve and encourage and move you towards having a good and healthy mind and emotions as well. They're all interrelated to one another in the same way that God is. And in fact, what God created, and when he originally created you, he said, wow, you're good. He looked at creation, he looked at what he had made, he looked at you, and he said, it is good. And he was pleased with what he had created in the very beginning. Now again, last week we talked about brokenness. And how that which is good is in fact eventually broken. This is true. But that does not diminish the goodness God desired and designed for you. He designed and desired and created humanity, including you, to have a good, healthy body, spirit, and Mind, emotions. He designed and desired you to have more health and full wellness related to your mind and your emotions. That is to say, another way that we could begin to move through the conversation is to recognize that God, in creating you, gave you a body, he gave you a spirit, and he gave you your mind. He has entrusted to your care you, your life. I mean, I know, I know it sounds silly, but like in the church, often we talk about trusting God. Christians do this all the time. Christians, we love to talk about trusting God. Trust God this, trust God that. And that's good. That's right. That's appropriate. But sometimes we forget the reality that, in fact, God has trusted you as well. God has entrusted you with your health, with your mind and emotions. And that is something to take seriously. I mean, that's what God sees in you. He, he sees the possibility of you thriving and being, being so wonderful. He sees your capacity and he gives to you a mind to use and exercise to take care of. The fancy word that we would use is steward. You are a steward of your mind and your emotions. Your mind and emotions are beautiful and wonderful, or in a simple word, good. So, take good care of your mind and your emotions because the God of the universe believes that you can and has in fact entrusted it to you. When it comes to a conversation around stewardship, there's a sense of responsibility. There's a sense that we understand the significance of what we've been entrusted with, we've received. And therefore, it's appropriate to do good self-care. You heard it from Dr. Lee in the video. Uh, Dr. Lee is very big on this. He's been important in my own life in speaking to me and holding me accountable to say, like, hey, how's your self-care doing? Do you ever find your self-care slipping? 
You ever find that? Like, we live in such a fast-paced world, a busy, go-go-go world with high expectations. I don't know about you, but I feel like the world constantly is layering on expectations for you, for me. And if I'm not careful with that reality, I will allow it to shape me rather than me influencing and shaping my own life. I feel like my life is being shaped for me. And when that happens, I need to stop and say, whoa, whoa, how am I doing in terms of setting up the appropriate boundaries in my life for preserving and maintaining my own healthiness? Because if I begin to slack on having a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a healthy spirit, I am not going to be able to be the person that God wants me to be. And to do the things that God wants me to do. And so having self-care is not a selfish thing. Sometimes as Christians we get this idea, and and Dr. Lee pointed to it a little bit, is that sometimes we pour out, we give, we give, we give, we pour out, we go, we go, we go. And the world is always going to ask for more of you. Your job will always ask for more of you. Uh, Your kids, they will always ask for more of you. My kids stand at the bathroom door and knock on the door. I can't even shower alone. They will always ask for more of you. And yet what what we see here in this understanding of stewardship is, look, God has entrusted your mind, your body, and your spirit to you. And so there is a mandate for us to take care of it, and that means that we have to have appropriate boundaries in preserving ourselves. That's a really long-winded way of saying, Christian, It's okay to take a little time. It's okay to love yourself because it will fortify you and strengthen you even as you love others. So go out of your way to establish good, healthy routines as it relates to your own sense of self-care. This is particularly important for those of us, I include myself in this, who gravitate specifically in the area of mental health uh, towards this end of the spectrum. That end. I shared this with you last week. My, I have a genetic predisposition that pushes my mental emotion. If I place my mental emotional uh, health and well-being on this spectrum, I lean towards the bad, worse, less. Okay? I have to go out of my way to help make up the difference that much more. There are certain things that I have to do in order to move my health. Now, this is true for everybody, regardless of where you land in the spectrum. All of us have the ability to improve our mental, emotional health. But for some of us, we have just further to go. We have more to do. Because, again, what we have done to ourselves, what others have done to us, or simply by virtue of being in this broken world. Because of a simple example, my biochemistry. Because of the biochemistry and the way the chemicals work up here, I have further to go than other people. And so it means that actually my self-care has to be that much more attuned. I have to be that much more attentive to it. Because my natural state is to be less healthy in my mind and emotions rather than more. Okay? Now... Because of that, for some of us, moving towards what God would want for our life feels overwhelming. It feels unreachable and unattainable. This goes even beyond mental, emotional health. This can relate to pretty much any area of your life. Have you ever looked at your life and, 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 and you begin to forget? You begin to lose sight of what could be possible for your life because you were just so overwhelmed with whatever the brokenness and the pain or the suffering or the you become you 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 land yourself over here and you become comfortable you look at your life and say it's not going to get better why bother 
Why fight for good? Because it seems like I'll never get there. And if we're not careful, we can actually give up on the goodness that God intends for us. And we can turn our back even on the idea that we have a measure of responsibility and stewardship towards moving towards that good. We can, in a simple word, settle. You ever settle before in life? Ever settle for something, anything? Okay, I got one nod. Okay. Well, I have settled before, okay? I have settled before in my life, and particularly, I think, when I was younger in relation to my mental and emotional health. I settled, right? And if we're not careful, we can allow that new place on the spectrum to be the the, the base point for our identity. Rather than seeing our identity as that which God made and God gave us and the goodness that he intends for us, rather than letting God shape our identity, we can sometimes allow the pain, the brokenness, or the struggles that we face to become the benchmark for our, our own identity. And that stinks. And if you're there this morning, I'm sorry. That stinks. And I'm sorry. If you have forgotten what God intended and created you for, I'm sorry. I hope you keep coming to church so we can cast the vision for you. Because when I read the Bible and when I see Jesus Christ and when I see what he does in people's lives, I can tell you, he wants and desires good for your life. Not just mediocre, not less than. He's ever more going to be working towards good. And so what we see as Christian people is that even when we have a tendency to give up on the good, ironically, when we are usually not good is when we give up on the good. The good news specifically for us as Christians, if you ascribe to the Christian tradition, is that we believe God does not give up. God does not give up. Even if we do, God does not give up even when, and perhaps especially when, you are not feeling good. In your body, in your spirit, in your mind. God does not give up on you. And he will evermore beckon you and move you towards good. Because that's what he created you for and what he wants for you. And we can even see this in the scriptures. We go to the scriptures. We go to a story here with Jesus. This is in one of the gospels, John chapter 5. Gospel is the first-hand eyewitness account, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So it's a Jesus story. And in this story, we actually see this play out very tangibly for someone. Check this out. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. So he went to a specific area of the city by the sheep gate, and there's a pool there. And the idea is that the blind, the lame, that people who are sick, whether they're sick in their bodies or sick in their minds or spirits, people would gather there, the sick would gather there, and and they would hopefully get near 
near the pool, and that every so often the idea was that an angel or a supernatural event would happen with the pool, like ripples and things, and that the first one in would go into the pool and they would be healed. And somehow, in some miraculous way, there were some healings throughout time that became associated with this pool. And so everybody hung out there hoping that they would be able to get into the pool when a supernatural event occurred. And so that's where Jesus went. So these are people who are ostracized, rejected, people who carry great stigma and shame. I mean, is it fair to say that if you are struggling, if you are blind, lame, or paralyzed, if you're struggling in your body, is it fair to say that you're probably also struggling in your mind? Is that fair? I think that would be a fair assessment in general to say. Is struggling in your spirit? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment to say. So these are people who are struggling in their hurting, and I love it, the fact that this is where Jesus goes. Isn't that beautiful? That in and of itself is beautiful, people. He goes to where hurting people are. Love it. I love this guy. One person who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, sometimes we struggle with our health being so poor that it influences our identity. Could you imagine having 38 years of struggling? Some of you actually can because you are. So I don't diminish the significance of that. When Jesus saw this person lying here, this man, he, he, he learned that he had been in this condition for such a long time. Jesus begins to engage with him. He doesn't walk by him. He doesn't ignore him. But he, in fact, stops and, and asks him a question. He asks him the question, do you want to get well? Yes! Actually, it's a, it's a very penetrating question. Here's a harsh reality. Sometimes getting well means change and challenge. Sometimes getting well and moving towards being the best of who you can be, it it means doing things that you are uncomfortable with, things that are outside of your norm. It means challenging the status quo. Oftentimes, if you're anything like me, you become settled and you you become a person of routine and you become acquainted with your surrounding and how life is supposed to go. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, do you want better for your life? Do you want good for your life? Because if you do, it's going to mean leaving that which you know. And sometimes in our brokenness, they can feel like chains is one of the verses. The Bible talks about this all the time. We we begin to actually love and appreciate the chains and, and the brokenness and we can be because we get familiar with it. So this is not just a simple like, yeah, hey, sign me up for some healing here, Jesus. This is an actual, powerfully directed question. And it applies to us today as well. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone goes down ahead of me. He sidesteps a yes or no, and he says, it's not even an option for me. I can't get well even if I wanted to. I can't get to the pool fast enough. It's pointless. I'm just who I am. Take it or leave it. What's interesting in how Jesus responds to this. Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat, and he walked. 
Now, there's actually a great number of things we can tease out for this. First and foremost, I want you to notice that Jesus heals him. He did not give up on him. But Jesus intervenes in this man's life to move him towards good, to move him towards a more healthy version of who he can be so that he can experience the fullness of what God intended and desired for him. The same is true for you. That Jesus continues to work in your life to move you towards good, and that includes in your mental, emotional health. Second thing I want to point out, Jesus heals his legs through his ears. In unexpected, weird ways, Jesus works. Not in the ways certainly the man expected. I mean, there's no mention of a pool here at all. Jesus didn't pick the guy up and bring him to the pool and be like, okay, I'm ready. Like, he didn't do that, okay? Jesus intervened in a way that the man was not expecting, that the man did not even have on his radar, a way that subverted the expectations and the norms of what the guy even thought was possible. He had to open up to a whole new reality. And this is, this is so important because what it says is that you know, Jesus, God, can begin to heal and work in a variety of ways, in many ways. God can heal you in your mind through, through a multiplicity of different things. This is why going to the gym matters. This is why what you eat matters. This is why going to church matters. Those things will help to heal and restore and, and move you in your mental and emotional health. Don't lock God and his ability to heal and work in your mind into one specific and narrow parameter. Even more than that, let, let me illustrate it like this. Do you, do you guys know this story? There's a flood, and the woman goes up on the roof. Do you guys know this story where I'm going with this? There's a flood. The woman's on the roof, and she prays to God that, that she'll be saved. A raft comes by, and it's like, hop on. She's like, no, I'm praying to God. He'll save me. And then a boat comes by, and, and they're like, hop on. She's like, no, I'm praying to God. He's going to save me. Then the helicopter comes by. You guys know this one? And, of course, she says, no, I'm okay, and, and God's going to save me. She, of course, dies goes up to heaven and looks at God and says, God, what the heck, man? What gives? I was praying for you to save me. And God says, who do you think sent the raft? Who do you think sent the boat? Who do you think sent the helicopter? Who do you think gives us psychologists and psychiatrists and medication? Who do you think sends therapists and support groups into our lives and our world? Who do you think sends to us the the disciplines of Christian mindfulness and the practice of prayer? There's an entire book dedicated in the Bible, the book of the Psalms, to basic understanding of what it is to wrestle with our emotions and bear them before God. Don't limit the ways in which God can work in your life to bring healing and move your mind and emotions towards good because that's what he's trying to do. The last thing I'll lift up for you is the way in which we have to listen and obey. Did you notice that a man who could not walk took a step? A man who could not walk, according to his own story, took a step in terms of faith took a step at the command of Jesus. And so some of you might be hearing that command this morning, just being blunt. This is how God speaks. This is how God works. He works through his word, his stories, his people, through church. 
And so if God is calling you to take a step towards further healthiness for your mind, I beg you to take it seriously because otherwise you're going to miss out on the goodness. You're going to miss out on the goodness of what could be possible for your mind and your emotions. So please, please hear, know, and understand. Jesus cares about the goodness and health of your mind and emotions. And he wants to work and bring healing wherever you are on that healthy spectrum so that you can experience more fully what he intended for you. We're going to continue the conversation next week with some more, particularly talking about attitudes and how we relate to one another. Uh, We're going to pick up on how we as a church body navigate corporately an attitude of mental health as well and how we navigate specifically coming alongside those struggling with mental health. For the moment, I encourage you to look for those opportunities. Listen for Jesus to show up in your own mind and heart this week. And don't be afraid to take a step. Sound good? Let's pray to close for right now. Let's pray. Please pray with me. Um, Gracious God, we worship you, we thank you, and we praise you. We thank you that you are at work in our lives, in our world, to heal and redeem and restore and do what only you can do. You do that in such amazing and and miraculous ways. We give thanks for the multiplicity of ways in which you can bring healing specifically to our minds and emotions, for the ways in which you send to us and bring us uh, modern technology and doctors, nurses, and training, and therapists, and psychiatrists, and psychologists. Thank you for all the various disciplines that move us towards a good and better health. Thank you simply for wanting for us a good health. Thank you for giving us an awareness that invites us towards wherever we land on that spectrum, towards moving towards that healthiness for ourselves and for others. Pray in this week that we would be attentive to your voice and your call, that we would take seriously self-care, and that we would allow you to love us and bring healing and restoration to us that we might experience the good life that you intended, a life with you. Jesus, we pray, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Christchurch Mequon podcast. Find your next step and let us know how we can be praying for you at Christchurchmequon.life slash podcast. Hit that subscribe button and until next week, God bless.